0: today. Listeners have been in touch with us on our Facebook page. This is reacting to the news that up to 300 international students are arriving in Limerick to study at uh, UL. Uh, Barry says um, the city where logic does not apply. Uh, Roisin says uh, our primary and secondary schools uh, here have to do remote learning right now regardless of the poor infrastructure. Um, And why are these international students being given special treatment um, and uh, an Another um, um, observation or two along these lines. Uh, People who have responded to us uh, not overly happy about it. UL has sent us a response, says it has an agreement in place to work with the Algerian Ministry of Higher Education and Scientific Research to support training of young academics in order to facilitate the transition from French to English as the medium of instruction for teaching and learning in third level. An international PhD programme has been specifically designed at UL. To date, 140 students have been registered on the programme. These students have been studying online since February last, but will travel to Limerick this week as part of the blended learning delivery of the programme. They've completed the first year of their PhD remotely and will now be in Limerick for three years. In advance of travelling to Limerick, UL says, the students have been isolated for 14 days in Algeria and are in possession of a negative PCR test. They will also restrict their movements for a further 14 days on their arrival. Well, uh, Limerick Fianna Fáil TD and uh, Minister of State uh, for Higher and Further Education Niall Collins is on the line. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning. What is your reaction to the worry that people have about these international students coming to UL in the middle of the massive restrictions that we're all living under?
1: Yeah, of course, it's a worry um, and people are right to be concerned. But I think as you've outlined in the statement from the University of Limerick, um, all protocols and guidelines were followed, um, particularly the public health ones. Um, We're told that the the students who have travelled have uh, a clear COVID test that they did um, isolate prior to travelling and are restricting their movements um, upon entering the country. So it seems that everything is appropriate from what you've outlined. Uh, it is the case that across our third-level institutions, the vast majority of um, teaching is uh, remote and online. But there is provision for on-site, face-to-face, and uh, blended learning also. So th- there's no, I suppose, there's no real breach. Um, just to refer to one of, one of the comments from one of your callers to line, there's no special arrangements. Here in relation to, to anybody, we all have to adhere to, to the guidelines, as you know. That's right across society, and uh, anywhere there are breaches, or transgressions. It, it's um, been it's a matter which is being followed up by the by the authorities, and we see that being reported on our news every single day of the week. Most recently, I think um, with the Garda securing um, a number of convictions and issuing fines in relation to people who travelled um, far beyond their five kilometre. Uh, radius from their
0: home for non essential reasons. Yeah. Um, no, I, as Minister for Higher Education, clearly what's happening in the primary sector is not uh, your specific area. But at the same time, because of what's happened now with um, teachers and special needs assistance, uh, and there won't be uh, an even partial reopening uh, of schools tomorrow, does it not suggest that it will be many, many weeks before we see teachers and students back in schools?
1: Well, the situation is very, very challenging. There's no two ways about it. And at, at the end of the day, Joe, the government has to re- rely on the public health advice which is given from the chief medical officer and his deputy. So Tony Holhan and, and Ronan and Glynn have been absolutely uh, crystal clear in relation to our school settings that they are safe environments. The decision not to return to school uh, recently uh, was based on Uh, reducing mobility of people right across the country. About 1.1 million people, as we know, uh, make up our entire schools community. And to shut down the movement of 1.1 million people was the primary objective here as part of the uh, enhanced lockdown that we had to bring in to address uh, and to arrest the the, the rising COVID numbers. So the issue in relation to special schools is hugely disappointing for uh, special needs, Students for their parents who have been campaigning. And we're talking about a very, very small cohort of our entire school community, about 4%. And, you know, it is a matter of fact and it's a matter of public record that Tony Hoolan himself has said that um, our special needs students were um, the most impacted cohort of students during the previous lockdowns. And we've heard testimony after testimony from parents who have outlined how their how their children have regressed. So it is hugely regrettable, Joe. It really, really is that, um, you know, uh, a meeting of minds couldn't be arrived at. I was disappointed last night when I read the statement by uh, the joint statement by the INTO and Forsa. Um, I respect their view. I respect the work that they do, of course. But uh, the, the joint statement, and I'm sure you have it available to you also, didn't uh, give... Uh, any real detail and specifics as to why they couldn't return. Well, they just well said I suppose,
0: Mr. the difficulty is that they hear Tony Holohan as the Chief Medical Officer on a regular basis at the moment saying, stay at home, work from home, appealing to employers to let as many people do that as possible. There's a figure last night of, shockingly, 93 deaths. We're well into the hundreds for January. Is it not understandable that teachers will say, well, you're saying one thing on one hand, but you're telling us to go back to the classroom?
1: Yes, and and, and that's uh, that's a fair point, but I I suppose the point has also been made that we're talking about 4% of the school community and we're talking about the cohort of vulnerable um, special needs students who have regressed hugely, and this is impacting on them most disproportionately. And that's the point that has been made, and Tony Hoolan himself has made that point. So, you know, we have, and it's been deemed as essential to try and get our special needs schools up and running as quickly as possible, in as safe as possible um, a manner as we can do. So that that is the, the premise from which government is coming from here. So I, I think it's incumbent on all parties to to just resume their dialogue to try and ensure that we get uh, a resumption of services as quickly as we can. There has been an unprecedented amount of engagement between uh, both ministers in the Department of Education, Norma Foley and Josefa Madigan, with all the school partners, with the stakeholders, with the unions and with all the various representative groups. So, you know, it's it's something which is uh, very, very emotive because of the cohort of people who were impacted here. And I would just hope that uh, common sense would prevail as soon as possible, because I, I've heard the Minister herself say on a number of occasions, all of the, the, the issues and uh, the concerns which were raised by uh, the teachers' unions were addressed comprehensive uh, in a most comprehensive fashion. Uh, a lot of the asks that they have presented were addressed also in terms of uh, you know, SNAs or uh, teachers who may have Uh, who may be pregnant or who may have childcare needs, uh, that they have been addressed also. So, look, I I don't think anybody should be, it's not a time to be getting into an argument. Government has many battles on on its table at the moment, most notably the pandemic. So we're keen to avoid confrontation. But I think for everybody's sake, uh, the sooner that we can get our special needs schools open and our other schools open, as soon as possible, will be welcomed by everybody.
0: Uh, Minister of State Niall Collins with us, uh, also uh, Fine Gael uh, MEP Deirdre Clune for this constituency of Ireland South is also on the line. Good morning to you, Deirdre. Um, Yeah, Good morning, Joe. Has the European Union done enough on vaccines? You know, we've seen the impact on the ground here even in Limerick uh, where it feels like uh, the rollout has not been as fast as even some other parts of Ireland.
2: Well, I suppose from a, a, a starting point, if you looked at where, we, where we've come in twelve months, who would have thought that we could potentially have four vaccines approved, a safe to be safe and to be effective um, within twelve months? I mean that that is extraordinary. But nonetheless, I know there is that's uh, of frustration, and people want to see want to know when they're going to get it, and want to see a rollout of the vaccine. And um, I think the way the European Union approached it last year, that and, and this is not the Commission on its own; it's the Commission involved with the member states. Uh, agreeing to uh, advance purchase certain vaccines. I mean, who, who, what vaccine would they have picked when they actually chose a range of them, up to, up to six? And um, they've advanced purchased, and, and we know now where we are with the Pfizer-BioNTech one, 300 million doses purchased by the EU. Now it's up to 600 million. Um, the AstraZeneca one is approved Uh, and uh, it should be approved uh, sorry excuse me it should be approved on the 29th of this month by the EMA and the Moderna one is approved for you and by the way do you you think it's
0: possible for the Minister for Health as he said more than once here to get uh, that AstraZeneca vaccine uh, into this country in advance of approval so that that will allow a quicker rollout is that realistic?
2: Um, it's happened in the UK and I can see where he's coming from and I don't know the UK isn't an EU country? No, no, it's not. No, no, no. But it is it's physically possible. But I, I don't know. And he said I, I saw him last yeah, last night, saying that he was in discussions with the Commission on that. And um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be possible. But I think it's probably to
0: be. Well, can I best, ask? You, is, is, it, is it your sense that other countries are trying to do the same thing within the EU?
2: Well, other other countries, absolutely. Everybody wants to. to get their vaccination, their rollout program up to speed and ensure that they have security of supply. I mean, that's the main thing. You can have a program and if you don't have the supply, it doesn't happen. So everybody will be doing what they can within the the parameters of what's available to them. You know, this is, the approach this has been a joint European approach because we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, people were individual countries were scrambling for PPE and some had it and some didn't have it. So they've agreed to go together. So I, I expect this will be a, a joint approach if, 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 it, if it's agreed. But the important thing about, there's a, another one at Johnson & Johnson, one expected to be approved or applied for approval next month, February. And that rate, we would have four for the month, four in, by the month of March, four vaccines approved. Uh, I mean, then the commission has said, and there's a meeting of EU heads, heads of state uh, this week, and um, she wants to agree there that 80% of those over 80 and 80% of health and social care prof- professions would be vaccinated by March. Uh, that's in two months' time, and 70% of the population by the summer. Now, what right. the summer is, okay. I don't know. But but you oh, know there are targets being put in oh, place. Okay. And and that well, has to be matched by well, supply. And I think the supply will be there and is there. Right. And if you look um, at it, it, it is extraordinary that we are at this point with. Yeah, vaccination vaccinations. Yeah, no, and I
0: know, and I get that. I think a lot of people take that on board. At the same time, their lives are massively restricted, as you well yes. know at the moment, and they mm. are thinking to themselves, how long is this going to go on for? And uh, we're talking to MEP Deirdre Clune of uh, Fine Gael and Limerick TD and Minister of State Niall Collins. Um, and We saw figures um, yesterday, Minister, that said that uh, Dublin traffic volumes were 60% above at the moment where they were during the first lockdown. The reality is that with 2,000 mm-hmm. cases, a day. We're probably going to have to get down to under 100 cases a day before you as the government will open us up. We could be in level 5 for months and months and months.
1: Well that remains to be seen Joe. I I don't think um, that we will see the numbers getting down to what we experienced in in level 1 lockdown that's due basically to, to to the variations in the virus the variant in the virus at the moment but I think it's important to stress that the, the 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 national vaccination plan, which the government has well, hang on, developed, this,
0: you know the science about around this in terms of herd immunity, for example, is you need ninety seven percent coverage of the vaccine for that to be achieved. That's right. So and, so the chances of that happening uh, any time this year, frankly, is minimal. And well, you and you end up in a situation then, as you say, where you're you're calculating based on numbers of cases, and you just said yourself there, well, maybe we won't get down to under hundred. But the problem is, if we don't then you end up back in the same situation again where the cases are rising and we have another lockdown. So the reality is we're going to be in this level five lockdown for many months. Well, the latest
1: the latest research um, shows that almost 85% of the people have confirmed that they will now take the vaccine. And the number undecided is about 10%. And people who are definite, who say they won't take the vaccine is 5%. The, the, the vaccination plan, is very detailed it is very widespread in terms of building the blocks we saw that this week with the the deal with the GPs and the pharmacists which will be critical 1.5 million people will be vaccinated by our pharmacy pharmacists yeah. and our GPs over a but six you need month period the pharmacist series.
0: vaccinated first and we the pharmacist on yesterday from Kaharkandish wondering when that'll happen for her
1: and, and that is happening as we speak, Joe. The, the GPs were being vaccinated over the last number of days. My own wife is a GP. She received her vaccination yesterday. So all the building box blocks are being put in place. And these people, like our GPs and our pharmacists, want to play a real meaningful role in, in, in what is a national cause. I know I have heard from GPs. I know from my own wife who's told me she's prepared to work seven days a week to give the vaccine. And others are the same. They want to step up to the plate here. to to help everybody right across our community. As of last Sunday, there was 94,000 people vaccinated. By next Sunday, there'll be 140,000 people vaccinated. Uh, We are the second best performing um, country in the European Union in terms uh, per head of population in rolling out our vaccination By vaccinated,
0: you mean first vaccine, of course. They need a second Uh, dose 28 days later.
1: The the people people who are now, uh, this week we have seen uh, the people who were first vaccinated are now receiving their second vaccine. So it is being rolled out uh, and it is going to make a huge difference. And I think it's important that we say that at every particular opportunity to people that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is, there, but, there but, is but, the, but the length
0: of the tunnel is, is a serious question, Minister.
1: It is. That's, I, the,
0: I, that's the simple reality. I, I, I mean, I mean, we, we, have, we have to be upfront about this at the same time, as you know. I, and, I mean, the truth of the matter is we're only in the middle of January here. And and you're talking about full coverage of to everybody of possibly October, November, December. Until then, as Dr Catherine Motherway, the ICU specialist at UHL says, we're going to be facing public health restrictions.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and at all times, we have said to people that we're managing people's expectation here. The numbers are being published uh, twice weekly. It's been updated twice weekly, the number of people who have been vaccinated. That will move to a daily update. And I think it's very, very important also to to be clear with people that as supply increases and supply will increase, as more vaccines become available, we we know that uh, the Pfizer-BioNTech supply is going to ramp up because they're they're increasing their capacity at their plant in Belgium. The uh, Moderna vaccine has been approved, as you know. AstraZeneca will soon be approved. And as Deirdre Kloon has outlined there, the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine will also be approved Supply will ramp up and what we are ensuring as a government is that the infrastructure will be in place and is in place right across our communities, right up and down the country to vaccinate our population. On the strict uh, criteria which has already been published, which has been devised by the expert professionals, it's not uh, me, Joe, talking to you or politicians who will decide the order uh, uh, the order in which the various cohorts in our population will be vaccinated. That is published And it is decided by health professionals uh, based on detailed uh, modelling and discussion and decision making and and appropriately and rightly so. So the programme will roll out. It has been a success to date. We are the second most successful in Europe per head of population for vaccinating um, people in our our country. And I think that has to be acknowledged. Yes, there are issues uh, like we saw family members in the Coombe Hospital who shouldn't have been vaccinated. Those issues will be dealt with. But in the main, the vaccination programme is very detailed and it is giving people hope. And I I think it's important to stress that we have to manage that expectation also. But every effort, it is the sole purpose of government at the moment to ensure a successful rollout of this vaccination
0: programme. Right. Minister Niall Collins, thank you very much. uh, Fine MEP for this constituency of Ireland. South Deirdre Clune, thank you too. Call Limerick
1: Today now on 461995.